Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining another week's podcast from Wind entitled ESG123. This week, we are excited to have James Dean, CEO and founder of Oxygenate. Uh, James is a clean tech entrepreneur with a passion for innovation, product development, healthy buildings, and sustainability. He's equally committed to the environment in his personal life, and James recently built West Vancouver's first net zero energy passive house. Thank you for joining. Hello, James. How's everything going? Everything's great, Max. How are you? All good. Yes, and thank you for joining us. So uh, we heard more about your background and your bio at the beginning of this. I uh, did really just want to jump in from an Oxygenate perspective. Uh, maybe if you could give us a little bit more background on the company uh, and maybe also some of the industry partnerships that you're working with. Okay, great. Yeah, so at Oxygenate, we make uh, fresh air ventilation systems where we provide 100% fresh air to schools, offices, senior care facilities, uh, and do it in a low energy and zero carbon way. Uh, Matthew Dorton and I, we started the company two and a half years ago. Uh, Matt came from a European air handling unit company. I came from the world of uh, membranes and energy recovery. And we just saw that the traditional approach for ventilating buildings wasn't very energy efficient, uh, took up space on roof, was hard to distribute the air, so we, we've come up with this low-profile indoor dedicated outside air system. Nice. Thank you for the background. Yeah, and I, we were blessed to have uh, Simon Turner, was the old CEO of Healthy Buildings, and he was talking a little bit how the industry has changed. changed. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what you've seen uh, with your years in the industry, maybe pre-COVID and then into the pandemic, and, and maybe just a take uh, on what you see coming into the future? Yeah, I'd have to say pre-COVID, um, you know, it was all about energy efficiency in buildings, you know, greenhouse gas reductions. And then clearly during uh, COVID, there was less concern about that and more about health and wellness in buildings. So that a big swing in the pendulum. And I think now we're seeing it come back to the middle where, you know, we need to find a way to have healthy buildings and, and do it in a low energy and, and zero carbon way. So I think, you know, that would be the, the big thing for me. Um, we're also seeing a big trend in what we call decentralized ventilation. So instead of these big rooftop air handling units, more of a kind of a floor by floor approach to get air to those kind of zones in the building um, that you need the air and use things like demand controlled ventilation. I know when you guys have kind of great sensor technology, so using CO2 sensors to, you know, if you come out of a meeting and uh, CO2 levels are at 1500 PPM, put our fans into high speed mode. If nobody's in there, go into low speed mode to, to save energy. Yeah, that's a great point. You've kind of answered a couple of the questions. So we talked about the partnerships that are in place. Obviously, you know, I, I spent about 10 years or so at Healthy Buildings. Um, Simon Turner had mentioned his com uh, connection with the Safe Traces folks. So another great uh, organization in that space. Uh, I think maybe James taking a step back, um, maybe as opposed to kind of getting into the technical side of things, uh, really, some of our listeners are just beginning their journey into ESG, sustainability, and air quality in general. Um, you would hit upon some of the different areas, whether it's demand control ventilation, energy recovery ventilation. I know there's uh, VRP, which is Ventilation Re Ready Procedure, and then IAQP. So could you do a little bit more of a deep dive and do an explanation on those for somebody maybe new to the industry and maybe some of those uh, the nuances between those that I mentioned? Okay, so maybe I'll start with ERVs or energy recovery ventilation. Uh, some There's another technology very similar called HRVs, heat recovery ventilation. 
And essentially what you're doing is you're bringing, you know, fresh air into building, exhausting the stale contaminated air and using these heat exchangers that, you know, sometimes they have membranes, uh, sometimes it's an aluminum that recovers both the thermal energy and in the case of ERVs recovers both the thermal energy and the latent energy or the humidity. And uh, humidity has become a very important topic in the post-COVID world. Um, You know, cold, dry climates, it's shown that, you know, the aerosols can transmit a lot easier if you're, you know, below, you know, 40% RH. So having that humidity recovery in the wintertime is is very important. So that's kind of an ERV versus an HRV. You also mentioned there VRP, which is ventilation rate procedure, and IAQ, which is indoor air quality procedure. So one of the key standards out there is ASHRAE 62.2, and that talks about, um, you know, how to ventilate your building. And so VRP, ventilation rate procedure, it basically looks at the type of building you have. So it could be a school, it could be a nail salon, uh, could be an office building. And they've got a formula that basically tells you how much outside air you need to bring in. And you have these factors. So one, you look at, you know, if it's a classroom, how many square feet is it? You multiply it by a factor. How many kids are in the classroom? You multiply that by a factor. And it'll work out to around 450 cubic feet per minute of air that you need to bring in. So that's what we call a prescriptive code. And then indoor air quality procedure, um, a different approach. And it's, it's somewhat newer. And we're starting to see more engineers using this. This is more what we call a performance-based code. So in ASHRAE 62, they've got a list of 14 different contaminants. The toluene would be there, formaldehyde, um, ozone. And it says if you can prove um, using modeling and sensor data that you're keeping the levels below the acceptable limit, you can actually reduce the amount of outside air. Um, So you mentioned partnerships. We're working with a company out of Boston called Inverid. And they've got this air scrubbing or air purification technology that removes uh, these 14 contaminants. And if you do that, you can reduce the amount of outside air that you bring in by, you know, it depends, but around, let's say, 40%. So IAQP allows you to still have great indoor air quality, but do it in a lower energy way. Uh, We're working on an exciting project within Verit. It's an engineer's office in Washington, D.C., where it's got oxygenates ERVs together with Inverid's air purification technology. Uh, so we're able to kind of have both technologies together and reduce the amount of um, outside air that we're bringing in. I'm glad that you clarified me. I thought I had all my acronyms down. So VRP <laughs> is in ventilation rate procedure versus procedure. ready procedure. But uh, you reminded me in the healthy buildings days, and this kind of ties into sustainability as we did a lot of work for um, lead for existing buildings projects, and they had the ASHRAE 62.1, which was a prerequisite um, at the time. I think it's kind of evolved in the in the arc school worlds, but we did a lot of work in that side of things. Um, so that is a, another nice segue here. We kind of started this call, and I talked about some of the industry organizations. Uh, we have Green Build at the end of the year. We talked about Net Zero as a conference earlier on. You had mentioned ASHRAE as well. So. Um, could you elaborate a little bit more on industry organizations that Oxygenate is involved in, and then also recommendations for people that are in the industry that really want to begin their career, get involved here, um, namely industry organizations and or committees or advisory roles that they should sit on? Yeah, no, great, great question. So I'd say one of the important areas as an equipment manufacturer is uh, 
certification and verification of equipment. So when companies are making marketing claims around, you know, performance could be efficiencies, it could be pressure drop, it could be specific fan power, that there's uh, kind of an independent organization out there that's actually verified those claims are true. So on the commercial um, HVAC equipment side, it's AHRI. So all of our products are AHRI certified. So, you know, once a year they come in, they test them, uh, they measure for leakage, something called exhaust air transport ratio, measure the sensible effectiveness, latent total. Um, so it's great that we know all the manufacturers on, on a level playing field. And then we, all, we also supply products for multi-unit residential buildings, so ERVs and HRVs for that. And there's a similar organization called the Home Ventilating Institute, HVI. Um, so they're, they're a port and organization. And also doing quite a bit of lobbying uh, to you know, build awareness around um, indoor air quality and energy efficiency. Uh, and you mentioned ASHRAE. Uh, we're quite involved in our local ASHRAE chapter. Um, and then we're also starting to get involved in some of the standards committees. So the, the big ones for us would be ASHRAE 90.1, which is about energy efficiency in buildings and as it relates to ERVs and DOAS, dedicated outside air systems, another acronym there. It mandates you must have a minimum of 50% uh, total energy recovery um, in, in certain climate zones. Um, so we're starting to get involved in that. And then there's some technical committees. Uh, TC 5.5 is another ASH rate committee that we're, we're starting to get involved in. Um, and then the other one I'm thinking about is labeling programs. So one, when it comes to kind of energy efficiency and healthy buildings, uh, it came out of Europe um, and it's called Passive House, Passive House Institute. Um, so I, um, I got involved with Passive House because I built um, a Passive House uh, for my family in West Vancouver. That's PHI certified. So that's the, the German organization. And there's a second organization called FIAS, which is Passive House US. Similar, but kind of different in, in terms of how the, the labels work there. Um, so those are two good organizations. And then the other on healthy buildings, um, well, you probably are familiar with well, fit well, and, and uh, is it reset? Yeah, reset, reset I believe, is the, is the third one. Yeah, so I think labeling programs are great in terms of just kind of helping to promote, uh, promote healthy buildings. Well said. Any other trends that you're seeing emerge in the market, James? Yeah, I'd say one of the key ones is some people call it electrification of buildings. Some call it decarbonization, but essentially, um, yeah, getting off carbon-based fuels. So we're starting to see, you know, cities ban gas-fired boilers as an example. So at Oxygenate, um, we've started integrating VRV heat pumps in with our ventilation system. So you can do 100% fresh air, MERV 13 filtration, energy recovery, and heating and cooling all in one integrated appliance. Uh, we've partnered up with Daikin and in integrating their uh, VRV heat pumps. But I think you're going to see um, kind of massive growth in the heat pump market as more cities mandate um, you got to get off the gas. So we've embraced that as, as part of our strategy. Yeah, and that's kind of a segue, if I, if I will, from the healthy buildings days, they now got acquired by UL. So UL has their individual certifications, uh, at least as it pertains to uh, wind, they have a individual sensor certification, uh, as well as recommendations when you deploy the sensors. Uh, so that is in terms of our last question, last but not least, uh, I did not come from the ventures world at all. Uh, Wynn was fortunate enough to have a series A of $10 million through a couple of ventures groups uh, one double bottom line ventures, as well as green soil. 
uh, which are very committed to sustainability and environmentalism. So at a high level, could you see, uh, could you touch upon, you talked about technology and sustainability in the industry changing, um, but could you also maybe hit on how the prop tech investment and clean tech investment uh, has really changed this uh, this landscape in the last few years and how you see it moving in the future? Sure, yeah. So uh, Oxygen's my third startup. My first was backed by a more traditional venture capital fund. And then my last company was backed by a strategic investor who ended up acquiring us. And uh, at Oxygen 8, we've got uh, a prop tech venture capital fund, Greensoil, uh, who's been great. And then we've got a large global HVAC company as a strategic investor. And, you know, as I talk to young entrepreneurs, my advice is, um, you know, don't go for just the money. You want somebody who can, you know, cut more than a check. Um, you know, so what I like about the prop tech investors is, too, is they understand our industry. They understand buildings. And then secondly, they're very well connected. Um, so Greensoil is an example. Some of their limited partners or investors are owners of real estate. So they've been introduced us to owners of senior care facilities, owners of office buildings. So they're really helping us out on the, on the business development side. And then strategic investors are great as well because, again, they um, can help you get into new markets. They understand your industry. And potentially, they can be an acquirer for the business at, at some point in the future. Um, so that's that's the approach we took. And then early on, angel investors. You know, quite often when when you just got an idea, the only people that are going to lend your mommy money is your, you know your aunt Diane and, and your buddy's kids' education fund. So that's a, a good place to a good place to start. Nice, true. Yeah, and it reminded me that um, when came out of the USGBC Net Zero Accelerator down in Los Angeles. Uh, and a number of the uh, companies in that space are up in Canada. Uh, so excited to see what you're doing with Safe Traces at all the different partnerships as well as Green Soil. Uh, very glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for carving out the time. Uh, there wasn't any background noise that I caught. So I think he's, thank you for handling this in the transition. And we'll, uh, we'll go from there, as they say. That's great. Thanks, Max, for the conversation. Likewise. Thanks, James.